The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. We are back, episode 99 of the Destiny Show. I'm your host, Cornholio, and tonight we return with one of the most insightful guardians in the whole Destiny community. He is a YouTuber with nearly 10,000 guardians strong, helping guardians enjoy Destiny better one video at a time. He is a content creator of Destiny Guides, his Loot Pursuit newsletter, and you can often find him crushing enemies in Lost Sectors near you. Some call him the Lost Sector Guy, some call him Legionless, and we're excited to welcome Colin on the show tonight. Thank you for joining, Colin. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. A pleasure, and thank you for all of your awesome content. We're excited to learn more about you and what you do in our community. We're excited to get to know you better, and uh, it's going to be a fun, fun evening. So thank you. Thank you for joining. Yeah, happy to. And we're not done, Guardians. We also invite Lou, an up-and-coming Twitch streamer and content creator who absolutely loves to play Destiny. He lurks, he streams. And he's powered by Rogue Energy. We're excited to invite Lou dive into all things Destiny 2 Season of the Haunted. So we're not going to waste any time. We're going to invite our guests on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. Legionless, I hope you're ready. Lou, yeah. I hope you're ready. Let's go. Uh, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. Well, so the first question I have for you both, how did you get started in Destiny? How did your Destiny journey begin? Yeah, so I started with the midnight release of Destiny 1. I literally didn't hear about it, didn't see anything until like that day of the of the the release. So like I saw a trailer and I saw it was being made by the people that made Halo and then it looked like Halo. And I never got to play um, Halo on Xbox as a kid. So I was like, yo, this is my chance. So I went to GameStop at midnight release and got Destiny and just became hooked. Put like three to four thousand hours in Destiny one and then as many hours into Destiny two. I remember the same thing going to GameStop and it was such a tradition 
every time you go to GameStop for release night and you would wait in line at midnight, it, it became a part of what you do. I remember I got to a point where I was at work and the minute that Bungie announced a collector's edition, I was on the phone with GameStop and I was like, hey, do you guys have pre-orders available? Because I'm, I'm going in. Uh, so very, very special times there. Yeah, it was an event. There was like food trucks. Uh, I think they even had like a tra- like a special trailer that had like three or four um, systems in and people were playing Smash and stuff. So like completely different time almost 10 years ago. No one's doing like midnight releases or events or anything cool like that. When a game drops, it just kind of releases and everybody downloads it. We did not have food trucks, so that's that's a <laughs> that's pretty intense. How many people showed up that required for you to have an actual food truck? Uh, I think there was like a hundred or so. Wow, it's in it's in a small city because I went to college in a small city so like there was restaurants and stuff all over the place it was good it was like a quesadilla place so they were making fresh quesadillas right there smelled delicious and it was really good yeah it's a little hard to get good mexican in uh middle of virginia where i am like central virginia but uh where i went to school was in richmond so they had like a bunch of like hipster food because it was a Small town or small city popping up. Love it. So, Lou, how about you? How did your destiny journey begin? Um, the way that my journey began as a guardian, before I even knew what destiny was, I wasn't even, I think I was in, I was a fresh, no, I was a sophomore in high school. And I seen that my brother at the time was playing destiny. And he was stuck in the siege dancers. No, the strike with the three signs. I forgot what the name of it is. Very cool. And now, did you both play the beta? Oh, my brother did. I, at the time, didn't know Destiny existed, so I didn't really know what was going on. Your brother got into it, but you did not. Yeah, I got into it a month before Rise of the Iron release. Oh, you got in late. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's like the tail end. Uh, I, I was playing on... Because my brother had three characters, one of each. And since he barely touched his hunter, I'm like, oh, since you're not playing with this, can I... That's what this happened, and that's where my journey began. I mean, it was a pretty good time to get into Destiny, honestly. It was like I would argue that Rise of Iron was probably one of the best expansions in terms of like longevity. I mean, think about it. During Age of Triumph in March, which was free, mind you, we got all of the raids back. You got a crap ton of weapons to chase. You got a ton of content during that time. Yeah, you trade had the updated armor sets. Cool. You both climb the top of the yes. iron tower. Love yep, it. Of course. Hardcore. I'm curious, how are you both enjoying the new season in Destiny 2 
with Season of the Haunted. Um, Lou, what's your thought? I always like experimenting with different weapons, different armor. I'm loving the storytelling this season so far. I loved the last season's storytelling, so the fact that this season's storytelling is continually getting better is always a plus. Very cool. Yeah, I've been... Uh, I agree. I think this season's really, really interesting. There's so much... I think the story is so well well done. And I'm almost like surprised at how much we got this season, if you think about it, because like we got the nightmare event we have the duality dungeon we have the story that's ongoing of course and there's quite a bit they're doing in terms of improving the game in terms of just fundamentally i mean vault space we got more vault space finally i'm very happy about that also solar 3.0 solar 3.0 Legionless, what what have you been enjoying the most about season so far? Uh, definitely Solar three point Like I think, like I think a lot of people won't agree with this, but I think Solar three point is a lot better than Void three point Like the amount of build options, build crafting, and stuff that we can do with Solar right out of the box without like seasonal mods. Yeah. Just not even too comparable to Void 3.0. What made Void 3.0 so powerful was the seasonal mods, like the volatile rounds that we had. And then yeah, now, if you try, yeah, if you try like to make, if you use the Void 3.0 builds that you used before, they're just not quite as powerful. But like you see the Syntho Titan build, like Hunter uh warlock fusion aids like there's just insane builds right off the bat without using the seasonal artifact mods yeah i agree with that 100 yeah no i i think the 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 effort put on the solar subclass definitely um a really much needed improvement for the game i almost feel like solar has been I don't want to say neglected, but it wasn't as effective as I feel like it could have been. So it's really nice that each season, it feels like Bungie is devoting time to optimizing a different uh, build. In this case, Solar. It felt like it had the start of an identity, but not a full identity. Like healing was definitely a thing, but it was only to one class burning was kind of a thing but that was just to tighten sunspots so to like now see the identity that we have for solar has me like especially excited for arc which is one of my favorite me too i'm really curious to know what they're going to do with arc 2.0 yeah i'm yeah i think that i think that the reason why that one came last is because it needs the most work and like there's so little to like work on for like an identity like you have arch arc chaining and that's it like that's i think it needs a lot of work and that's why i think void was easiest to come out with so that's why they did it first and they used the time 
after finishing Void 3.0 to work on Solar, which was the next easiest, and then they're using the most of their time for Arc 3.0. You both create content in the Destiny community. I'm curious what motivated you both to start creating content around Destiny 2? Um, I really... I just want... I don't know. No, it wasn't really... I just wanted to make content for the sake of creating content. It wasn't really a source of... I guess that's a good smile on people's faces just by with the content that I've created so far and with what I'm going to create in the future. I think that's a good way to start. Like, just do it. Just trying to, uh, like, help other people, even if it's as simple as, like, making someone's day a little bit better. We need more positivity. Now more than ever. Yeah, especially after last week. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so what (laughs) what stuck out to you about last week? Uh, I think the overall vibe of Destiny has just been really off the last few weeks. Like, I think it sort of started slash it really increased when there was no trailer for the new season until the day of. Like, so many people, I think, were wrongly upset about it. Like, coming from, like, a marketing perspective, like someone that does, like, or in thinks a lot about marketing like it was a smart it was such a smart play for them to not do it because they got just as many people talking about the lack of a trailer as the people would be talking if they got the trailer and then they still got the added benefit of when they dropped the trailer all of the hype surrounding when you drop the trailer you know it's it's interesting because it's it's tricky when you have a community as big as Destiny, right? Like, you have a lot of fans, a lot of players, and everybody has a different expectation for what the game should be. You have a different expectation for how the marketing should be in the game, what should and shouldn't be shown off, and when it should be shown off. And they made a decision, right? Because they didn't want to show off too much. I think in many ways, they they succeeded in giving us good content this season. Um, I didn't have to wait to start playing like in past seasons when new content launched. I think day one was really stable. So in many ways, I mean, I think they did succeed. I do think that everyone will have different opinions about, you know, how the marketing should have been. Um, But I'm, I'm just grateful to have the game. You know, I mean, uh, I I don't want for us to see everything right away. I think some suspense is a good thing. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you both think? Do you both think that the trailer should have been shown off a bit earlier, or do you think that they were okay with the decision they made? I think it was. I think it was perfect. Honestly, sure, you had everybody that was mad. And I think there's always a part that's just unavoidable. Like people will just always be mad, especially when it's destiny. So I think there's just a lot of that that's unavoidable. 
but I mean, I guess maybe a day before, but I, th I think what a lot of people don't realize is that what they were trying to do was launch the trailer and as soon as somebody sees it they can pretty immediately go in and play it like that's like you ride the wave of the hype of the trailer and you update the game and you literally go in and play it and for a lot of like sorry for like a lot of casual players like that's something that gets them back into the game immediately and it can take them out if they see the trailer a week before they're like okay that's cool that's hype i'm gonna play it and then they forget about it a week later or they feel less um less hyped about the trailer so they're less likely to play it yeah no i agree i, I think that also bungie did mention on multiple occasions that they want for destiny to be a live service experience and i think this is part of that right not getting to see everything early but seeing everything unfold as it happens and i think there's a level of magic to that where it's like i was there when that happened when that launched so i definitely see their perspective from that standpoint what do you think Lou? i don't mind it uh, same as legion i don't but there's always going to be like a specific set amount of people who are going to be upset with whichever way that Bungie decides to release information pertaining to content. So I don't think speculation is healthy. I'm, I'm curious to get laid a bit. We know that the calendar for this season has been pretty much revealed. We know that the season ends in eight, in August. I'm curious what's going to be next is it lightfall is it another season before the next major expansion early next year what do you think we'll see next my money is on them releasing a season prior to the big dlc it gives them more time to revise whichever content that they're working on currently think about it like this if let's Let's say, for example, the Witch Queen. They they took their time with their like how great the content is for that specific season. Look at the storytelling. Look at the weapons that they added. Everything that they added for that matter. So honestly, I'm a fan of them taking their time. I think we know that we're gonna. I think we know we're gonna get Arc 3.0 next season. So in about three months. Um. I don't think we'll get a huge season. It's possible that we get the D1 reprised raid, like we got Vault of Glass back. I think that's what the uh I think that's what the expectation is. It'll be a raid coming back from D1 or maybe even the Leviathan coming back, since that's kind of what we got this season. A lot of Leviathan stuff. But we'll yeah, definitely I'm, get Arc 3.0. Yeah. I'm really curious to know what or how they're going to be adjusting the Thunder Crash. Well, because I have a tendency to heat myself into <laughs> the danger in game. Of I'll, I'll tell you what, in the TWAB, Liana did hint at 
season 18 and beyond and she kind of gave some some hints we're going to talk about it when we talk about the twab tonight i would agree with you both that we're probably going to get an in-between season before we get a next major expansion probably early next year is when i'm expecting for the next big yeah. to release just based on still you know we're largely working from home still and Bungie made it very abundantly clear that they're still embracing the work from home system. So I don't see that changing, right? So, and also I do think Bungie needs the added time to really make the content better because I mean, now I feel like they have a lot more at stake. Also, you got to remember that Sony bought Bungie, right? So, there's more pressure probably now than before to produce and to make the next thing a successful launch. Plus, they're hiring more people too, right? So in hiring more people, it takes time to get people onboarded and, and get them into the process and to be able to get output out of you know all of the employees that are coming in. So I definitely think that that's going to delay things a little bit. And that's okay. Now, the Leviathan, you both mentioned Leviathan potentially coming back as the raid. Do you think the Leviathan is going to come back or could we potentially see something else? Maybe King's Fall or uh, Crota's End? King's Fall has been in the rumor mill for quite some time. So maybe could be King's Fall? Who knows? I think I would prefer King's Fall just because I liked the mechanics of for Oryx where instead of using whatever weapon does the most DPS, you have to do mechanics for DPS. I think that type of fight isn't something that we've really had in D2. Like we had the mechanics heavy fight in the raid layers, but and people hated the raid layers, but I think it was more of like the forced loadouts on the harder difficulty that people didn't like and also the raid layers were just way yeah. too short. I would prefer King's Fall, but um I could see Leviathan. I think Leviathan would probably just be a little too easy maybe mechanically. Like unless yeah. they did unless they changed a lot. And that's an interesting point. Like changing things in the raid. And I'm curious why they haven't done that more. And I'm not a game developer, so I don't really understand the complexities of it. But it seems to me like they have all of these well-built environments in the game. And you can essentially make a new boss within the environment and it's new again, right? Like make new weapons and it's new again. So wouldn't it seem like a simple thing for them to implement? Where like, where they design the harder mode first, well, like and then essentially, if they just instead of fighting, let's say the war priest, we're fighting something new, build a new boss, or like the dark war priest, where the mechanics are fundamentally different. Like I'm wondering, how complex is it to build a new raid using an existing environment that you already have, like? 
take the Leviathan. Leviathan is a massive, massive destination. As space. Underbelly, you have the entire massive space there that can probably house different activities and events and missions and quests. But I think that would allow for Bungie to build the game a little bit more efficiently where they're utilizing the destinations they already built out but still creating a fresh new experience for players. I think like the raids and dungeons that are a little bit more open, they could do more with Leviathan. I'm not really sure what they could do with, like you mentioned the underbelly. The only thing that like really comes to mind is doing some sort of like relay. But at that point, like there's already so many maps of the underbelly out that it would be, pretty easy there wouldn't be much of a challenge day one no that's fair and i also think that generally speaking players would want a fresh experience fresh experience versus recycled content and uh, i do think we do want to have fresh content but i also think there can be a balance between that too there can be expectations that we should set for content that's in between larger expansions where they can utilize what they already created. It's also important to set those expectations because you don't want to go into the season, for example, with high expectations to then only be disappointed. Legion list, you mentioned you play largely alone, so it might be a little bit challenging for you, but let's try. How would your fire team or friends describe you in three words? Um, three words. Here it is in two words. Industry Goliath. There's like a meme because I make content across different platforms that and a lot of it is kind of different from what everyone else is doing. Like a lot of people are streaming on Twitch, making YouTube videos, but I have an email list. I have uh, like cheat seats and resources that people can just download for free. So it's different than a lot of people, a lot of, it's different from what other people do. So my friends will meme that I'm some industry Goliath and, uh, making like a new path. Sounds dangerous. A Goliath. Sounds like <laughs> a boss that you would be fighting in a strike. So what about you, Lou? How would your fire team describe you? First word that me, one check we're listening to the set, no why, but... To those of you that don't, I put it on the eager's edge so I then may or may not send them flying into walls. But it's all in good fun. Right. Uh, you're going to laugh. What three words for you? My, my friends would probably describe me in-game. One is, oh no, because if I die, that's generally what happens. Oh no. I'm curious. Um, you both have been in the Destiny community for some time least since Rise of Iron. What are your wins in the community so far? Like, what are you proud of? Uh, For me, is like working with the D2 Lost Sector bot, the guy that runs that Twitter account. Um, Like, I've, for the better part of a year, of a year I've just been helping them uh, with the people that like follow them. So just like replying with like really good loadouts and advice to people that are trying to like do lost sectors and 
like it was completely unexpected like the the third party api developers get like a got like a special emblem and the person that runs that account was included and they told the bungee representative that like i i was someone that should get the emblem and i actually got it and it's like oh yeah it was pretty cool like i think like that'll always stick with me just like uh completely unexpected the one thing that i gotta i have to give props to bungee for is their dedication to really supporting the community like i think they really go out of their way more than i would say most companies do and um gotta give them nothing but props for all of the support they give so how cool and now what was your contribution to the destiny 2 lost sector bot you mentioned you were uh pretty active with that project yeah like uh getting like the rotations the best loadouts for people to use um the info that uh they use to like make their tweets so like the amount of shields the champions and just running like like i think i've run like over 2000 legend law sectors to get like all the information on like what's the best to run uh what's the best loadout how do you get the fastest time what's like the drop rates is there any like common myths because there's a lot of there's like a lot of rumors people will spread like if you are getting a drop swap to a different character and then come back and the next chest you open will have an exotic so just like a lot of stuff to like help the people that are following the account and it and it was something that it was like it wasn't like uh immediate it was like i was just helping just because i wanted to help the community for like six to nine months and so it was just something that was like built up over time and we were like dming and stuff to like how can we better help the people that are like following the account so it was just nothing ever expected it was just you know give freely try to help the community and stuff that's really cool it's awesome that like you're doing it to help the community and and just i think the project is such a well-meant project like there's such good intentions behind it so props to everybody who's part of that um really really cool how the entire community comes together whether it be destiny item manager or um so many different apps out there that i don't want to miss any but so many really talented uh developers and creators in the community yeah we actually put together like a discord specifically for like lost sectors so like people that are trying to run their first legend or run their first master and i think that we put that up like two weeks ago and it's already like a thousand people so it's pretty cool that's pretty awesome very cool so out of curiosity you you know you've been at this for a while you've been creating content on your channel making youtube videos what is your failure what what is a failure that you had along the way that you were like shit like oh there's a lot like oh there's a lot like 
I think the biggest one though is uh trying to be like the best. So like the Rick Hackis, the Fallout, the you know, all of the other top creators, like they're able to pump out like one video a day or multiple videos a day. They're they they're just at a different level than I think most people and they usually have a team. So what takes you an entire day to do, they can do it in a few hours. So it's like, it's sort of like a rat race almost where everybody's trying to keep up with them. Um, And I think that's probably my biggest failure is trying to keep up with the people at the top that are doing like the best content and and then you're also competing with everybody else doing the same thing like there's only so many different ways that you can do a guide on something and so everybody's really trying to get there first if you're not first and it almost feels like you're last so like my biggest failure is uh not pivoting enough into other stuff like story content where like you're telling a story sort of like a video essay is something that i uh think a lot about of about pivoting into next i think it's also really smart to be able to adapt and to you know look at what people are searching for and how you can help because there's so much types of content that you can create for guardians out there you know some people um, make music some people create art some people do lore guides i mean there's there's a place for everyone i feel like yeah you just don't want to like burn yourself out trying to keep up with everybody like you just want to set your own path rather than trying to and you know what and yeah i it's funny you mentioned that because i stopped comparing myself to everyone else out there and i just started focusing on like what am i doing and as long as i'm becoming a better version of me and what I'm doing, that's the important thing. Yeah, that's why I made, like, a big pivot to doing Twitter content and, like, email and stuff that nobody else is doing. Like, I see it being really successful in other areas, but no one else is doing it in Destiny. So that's where I started to see, like, a lot of um, growth on Twitter, like, back in last summer just doing stuff differently that uh other people yeah same stuff just like a different Definitely. twist so lou what about you what are some things that you learned along the way i mean you you seem like you're fairly new to the content space um let's see for starters what legion just mentioned she just somehow create content that's or what somebody in chat just mentions make content that's kind of similar but kind of that kind of isn't. You have to put your own metaphorical spice to it. I'm like, oh, I know, I know. Let's say, for example, ZRE, who's known for chucking a burning mole hammer fifty yards away or something like that. Nobody else seems to be chucking that burning mall hammer. He's the only one that does it. So slightly different topic. 
what do you both do when you're not playing destiny or creating content i'm not creating content i'm just a normal human being like everybody else here i sometimes i go to go to dinner in like the morning just to maybe keep myself and my mind occupied because we all know how how dangerous our minds can be when they start drifting what about you legionless uh so i mean i'm pretty busy like i have a day job so 40 hours of the week are working um a lot of that or not a lot but a good part of it i'll be like creating content or if i'm not creating content i'm a lot of the time thinking about what to make next so like i do a lot of ideation of like um like what to make next what what problems like aren't being solved by someone else um i read a lot i listen to a lot of like business and marketing stuff just because like marketing something's something i'm pretty passionate about like just like attention um how to like think of different ways to get eyeballs and stuff um and so like one of them was like the the different types of content that i started doing um i also have a wife so we do stuff together in the evening so like uh we'll watch tv we'll make dinner um watching ted lasso now so that's what our evenings are consisting of a lot as we're binging that we just finished um ozark Ooh, i just started watching that, that <laughs> it's good oh this most definitely is somebody that i'm not sure if they're in chat still but she was the one who made the recommendation to watch the show. And I'd have to say so far, it's been great. I just started season two not so long ago. And I know for sure I'm going to like it. It's really good. It's just something I personally couldn't really bench. Like I could, I could only watch maybe like one or two episodes a night. Because one, each episode is like an hour, just like a little bit over. But it's also like very dense, like a lot of stuff is going on or it's and yeah. it's also like a very not a very but like it's a more serious tone. If it was like a sitcom or something funny and light, like I could binge that no problem. And that's typically what I usually like to watch in the evenings where I can just like turn off my brain and just kind of enjoy the moment of something. That's understandable 100 percent. i haven't binged those arcs either i would watch at least i'd say that i'm on season two but that's besides the point uh, i would maybe watch some episodes during the weekends at least uh, sometimes like a quarter of an episode and then leave the rest for another day there are so many great shows out there uh, and for me, uh, the one that I've been watching was uh, Silicon Valley. And it's a bit of an older show, but um, I haven't seen the fourth season. So I've been diving into that. 
when I have a little bit of free time to do so. Uh, and also, speaking of shows, the new Halo series uh, is now live, and I don't know <laughs> got it. I tried the. I watched like the first episode, and I was like, this doesn't really feel like Halo. Okay. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've seen the feedback and the response from the majority of people that I know on Twitter. This is also coming from me who didn't like grow up with Halo. I would just play like a little bit of multiplayer if I went to a friend's house. So green assault there. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, you I was in Halo multiplayer for free. You can download Halo Infinite and I don't think you need the actual base game. Use code TDS, the Destiny show, for 20% off your next cosmetic in Halo. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be sick. What a code that would be. You know what it is? Like, I, That'd be I would sick, feel though. bad. I would feel bad having people, uh, you know, spend money on cosmetics. Although, you know, I do it. I buy cosmetics. And we're going to talk about the Bungie Weekly update in just a little bit. We do have some new cosmetics that were just announced. I think they look really, really cool. And hey, speaking of cosmetics, we are doing a giveaway on our Twitter channel. So... If you follow us there and you retweet our post for the giveaway, you can win a $10, uh, well, $10 worth of silver uh, in-game. So you can get some sweet loot from Tess. So that's cool. And if not, you could also buy any... Season yeah, for that well, matter. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So moving on, I'm curious, what are your biggest destiny bloopers? Were there moments where you really just messed up? I'd love to hear some stories. <laughs> are you trying to get us canceled? <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I would never. Uh, I don't think there's like anything I regret or anything like I wish I had done like too differently. I mean, I'm sure there are stuff, but like nothing really comes to mind. Oh, I, I screw up all the time. Uh, <laughs> That's why I, I put that. <laughs> what about you, Lou? Uh, one was, let's see, the setting would have to be Destiny 1. At the time, I was uh, playing on the Hunter, and it was, I was playing Vlog, or I had to summon for my brother. A couple, or they wanted to carry me through Vogue and we were at the final boss encounter. Uh, so Atheon at that point had at least like 5% health and me being extremely low light, I could barely do any damage and I was the last alive. So I 
try to do as much damage as I can and uh, just ended up tickling him and we wiped. That's pretty funny. That is soul crushing. Yes. Soul crushing oh, indeed. That's got to be bad. See, I I've had some moments. And yep. I feel like for me, oftentimes it happens during a raid because the pressure is on because you're playing with five other people. Um, one time that I was playing Crota's End, I will never forget that time when everybody else died, but uh, Crota had a very small sliver of health. And all I had to do was to pick up a sword and just like hit the boss once and like Crota was already on his knees so like it wasn't that difficult instead of uh slamming him i pressed the wrong button so i i tried to like melee him or like i dropped the sword and i wiped and it was during a time when getting to that point i think it took us like 10 runs to get to that point and i i messed up and I felt so bad because like everybody was hoping that I would just pick up a sword and do a very basic thing. But uh, I failed. And we're not going to talk about my jump because um, that's a struggle. Whenever there's a raid that involves jumping. Although I will tell you, I was really proud that I was able to get the outbreak done and not only get the outbreak done, but I, I got the catalyst. So I was able to do all the jumps and um that definitely taught me how to be a better jumper in the game. Plus, I've been playing a lot more with my Warlock over the past year, year and a half. So definitely gave me a lot better um, control over my glides and whatnot. So I'm curious, do exotics in Destiny feel more or less special? Compared to D1? Well, just in general. Maybe not special. I think they feel more impactful now that we're getting all of these 3.0 builds where, like, exotics that really weren't used before, like, they were super niche, now have, like, a place. Like, um, I think no one was really using, like, the hunter gloves, the buff trip mines, but there's a pretty good build with that. No one was really using Starfire Protocol, which gives the extra fusion grenade, and now that's, like, insane. It's like an infinite grenade build now that's out there. Yep. So I think they're also, without, like, buffing each exotic, they're a lot more impactful. I think with just the way, like, exotics are, they, for weapons at least, they prefer to have, like, a quest or it the barrier to entry be pretty low because they're usually involving something paid like you pay for this season and I think they've gotten blasted by having it be too difficult to get like a new exotic weapon that you paid for well and like you get it right away right you get the exotic pretty much as soon as you buy the season yeah <laughs> like immediately and yeah, I mean, I don't like that, but I, I do like that the weapons are more intentionally built around your weapons. And you can craft much more intentionally, which is really nice. But yeah, I think it would probably be more fun if there was like a special quest. Like if you could still get it immediately, it's just like a 
maybe like a special mission. Let's say you do the first mission on heroic. You get it. I think that would be more impactful. I think. I can exotic quests. Are you going to specific locations of the maps with like certain lore tied behind it? Yeah, no, totally, totally. So, Guardians, on that note, I'm curious, what is next for you both in your journey in Destiny 2? Colin? Oh, uh, in-game or like... Uh, yeah, in-game with your content. Um, For in-game... Probably getting ready for like the GMs. Um, it's not really too much else in game. I think I'm like looking forward to. Um, content. I'm thinking about how to solve more people's problems. Like what, what more can I be doing? Um, is there a way I can make like or build a community around like the stuff that I'm doing? So that's kind of the stuff, things that I'm thinking about. Uh, to add on to what Legion was saying, there's always there's always room for improvement and readjusting certain types of content that you're potentially wanting to make. Uh, to answer your question, um, there's not really much in game, uh, minus the GM, but that's pretty much it. Uh, now for contents. Uh, just, just to keep doing, or just a break out, really. Because it slightly altered the type of content that I'm making now. So I just try to readjust something just in case it doesn't end up working. I just move on from there. So, Guardians, while we dig up some dirt on Reddit... We do have another thing to discuss tonight. We do have Season of the Haunted in Destiny 2. And it's hard to believe we're like three weeks in to this new content. There's quite a bit to uncover. We have a new story that is unfolding in front of our eyes. And I did not get a chance to play this week's story. Did you all get a chance to play? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. All I'm gonna say is that it's a tearjerker. Yeah, according to yeah. the community managers, uh, bring tissues and uh, some comfort food because we're gonna. Yes. Although All I don't know if it's gonna be as bad as like Cade dying. I don't know if it can ever be that serious. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating. More like this is the season of the trauma. Yeah, pretty much. Love it. Everybody's crying in the club. <laughs> Love that. So I'm I'm curious. What do you both think about the story so far? I mean, you both had a chance to play through without giving spoilers. What are your thoughts on the story and how it's unfolding this season? I think it's good. I'm not like super invested into the story, but like it's it's good. Like as if 
It's sort of like that TV show that you have on that you're not paying too much attention to, but when you look over at it, it's entertaining. Like, it's definitely some of the best storytelling we've ever gotten from Destiny, but I think a lot of people at this point at Destiny, and maybe it's just me, aren't playing for the story. Like, there's definitely a lot of people that play each week just to get the new story beat like it's a new episode like it's the new episode of obi-wan except it's destiny yeah no absolutely yeah and i mean i'm surprised with how much story we're getting on a seasonal basis i mean if you think about it you're paying what 30 dollars for a whole year's worth of content and we're we're getting quite a bit of story for that and i feel like there's a lot of continuity where it feels like I want to keep playing each week to find out what happens next. It's almost like this new episode of a show that you watch every week, but it's unfolding in a game and that's really, really cool. Yeah. And it's also something like you kind of have to be there for, or it feels like best to be there for like an episode of Obi-Wan or the boys or something like that. Definitely. Thinking of the boys. <laughs> just uh, completely derailed the, to yeah, I haven't watched season three yet, and I am. That's crazy. Black and I unfortunately saw the tiny bit of spoilers as to what has happened so far, and it's pretty funny. Well, funny yeah. for me, but somebody. We have the boys being funny, and then we have Destiny making us book new appointments with our therapist <laughs> yep, that's, that's very accurate uh i have not seen obi one i have watched the mandalorian i don't know if there are similarities i mean i haven't watched the new episode of obi-wan but it's been pretty mid I would say episode three is open okay. the standout, but otherwise it's been. So is it uh, I think so. I did. I also didn't really like the Mandalorian that really? much. I think I got through like the first five episodes. Okay. See, I, I really enjoyed the Mandalorian. I was really into it and I'm not a big Star Wars fan. So for me, I mean, that was a really big win for them to really get me interested yeah my friends make fun of me for having a low attention span so i uh, do maybe I'm it's just me way. i'm curious do you both enjoy the weekly cadence of content that we're getting with the story are you enjoying the format that we're getting each season i would say so i've enjoyed it since season of the chosen when we had the whole arc i think that would be the best term to call it with kaido and like that they made like little war entries and that's how we same with last season because that's how we found out about uh forge oh yeah i didn't think about that 
I like the quality of the storytelling that we're getting. Like the stories are a lot better. Um, a lot of the like the 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 stuff we're getting isn't as one dimensional or shallow. So I like that. Um, I could take or leave if it's coming weekly. I appreciate it that it's weekly for the people that like it, but it it's not something like I. You know, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday reset comes around, and I'm like, let me go see what happens next. I'm usually playing yeah. like later in the evening when I remember to do it. I'm not really able to log on that reset, so I just have to do it pretty much at the end of the week. Yeah. So I just get my daily dose of lore for. Yeah, I, I try to hop on and play at least on the weekends, usually evenings. Um, Tuesdays, I'm pretty motivated to make time because it's Tuesday, right? I've been trying to level up my character so I can play the Grandmaster uh, Nightfall and um, all of the awesome endgame content that is to come. So I will... Definitely keep you all posted on that and how that's progressing. Um, definitely leveling leveling up my warlock. Slowly but surely. And of course, we just had Iron Banner uh, this past week, which we're going to dive into in just a little bit. But before we do, we, we did also get the Leviathan patrol spaces. Or a patrol space, I should say. And for yeah. any Guardians who have not played yet, I'm sure Legionless, how would you describe the patrol space that we're getting this season? I think it's good. Like, it's uh, nothing crazy. I think, like, if they're going to make patrol spaces like this moving forward, I think I would prefer prefer it a little bit over the Tangled Shore, Shore. or not the Tangled Shore, but the uh, Throne World, just because, like, it's more focused, so everybody's doing the same thing, so, like, it actually feels like there's people around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact they're reusing the Leviathan in a, in a creative way. Like, I, I think there is a level of sustainability that you get from that type of game design and also like think about it the fact they're able to, to reuse the leviathan and bring it back in a meaningful way it also gives them time to create new content so the content that we'll be getting next is going to be more plentiful because they had more time um so any way that they can create an experience that still feels new What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today and fresh i think is a win in my book and i think they succeeded very largely uh with the leviathan returning 
So, I don't think it's just cool to like further the story of Callus. Like, I'm more invested in knowing what Callus looks like, like what he's become now, more than like the the haunted, like the nightmares. So like the background info of like Zavala and working out crow's issues and i also think callus was a really interesting character because like i feel like you never really understood his motive like in a way it felt like he treated guardians like it was a game to him right so the entire leviathan almost felt like it was a gauntlet Right, like it was a challenge that he's putting you through. So I was always curious about Kalos as a character, and I feel like at the end of uh, Destiny Two, when before the first expansion came out, they didn't really end that story where it was like really clear. So it's really nice to have that storyline come back to life. And what about the loot? What are you both uh, enjoying the most about the guns and all the new rewards that we're getting? I'm really, I'm loving the shotgun. But shotgun specifically, the role that has uh, incandescent, which the those of you who don't know incandescent is a solar version of chocolate. Okay. I've, I've been messing around with that weapon a lot. And when I do get around to crafting that shotgun, I'm going to be putting enhanced. Nice. Now, how, how would you craft it into your perfect monster slaying machine? Our guardian slaying machine. What incandescent does is it uh, spreads the scorch. So like on the solar 3.0, like one of the things is like scorch, which once there's enough stacks, the enemy will ignite, which is just like a solar explosion. And so I think what he's uh, trying to build into is like getting a shotgun that'll spread the scorch to other enemies. It's really smart. Explosions. I, can, I can throw down thermite grenades and I'd be able to back up with roaring flames. Uh, fun fact about roaring flames once it's active, you don't even need to charge the melee to keep it going. So being that you wouldn't necessarily have to have your shoulder charge fully charged, that I could just keep punching and keep applying stacks of scorch as long as I'm either getting kills or it's just a whole bunch of distraction, which is the purest definition of a Titan, if you ask me. Yeah, I know that's that's uh, definitely a great tip there. 
Now, and I'm curious, um, have you both had a chance to play through the Nightmare Containments? Yes. Yep. And what did you both think of that experience? I think they're fine. Uh, they get a little old since you had to run them so much to get because like they're the best way to get the keys that you need to possibly get a deep sight version of the weapons to craft so it i think it was good until like you're forced to overplay it which is kind of par for the course like every activity that comes out you kind of push to kill yourself overplaying it and so i think it kind of hurts the legs of the content so like it doesn't last nearly as long as it probably could no definitely and um i'm sure bungie will tweak it as they get more feedback um i think they've been pretty good about being pretty proactive with uh, player feedback with with that regard um i know that um the community managers mentioned that there were some bugs and issues with the containments. Did you experience any of the bugs that were um, discussed? Nope, not for me. In the containments? Or... I'm not sure what exactly the bugs were, but there were some bugs that people were reporting in them. Um... I haven't much like Legion. I haven't noticed some. Okay. Never... No. Yeah, and and there is a really cool emblem that you can get for uh, participating in the containments. And we will be sharing some really interesting stats for some very courageous and brave guardians out there who really put a heroic effort to unlock the um i believe it was the what was it it was like an artifact or something like that they unlocked i believe i think no it was the the solar embers that they unlocked once we reached the certain oh, yeah, threshold that's, that's right of complete yeah so good effort there Thank you, Guardians, for all of your heroic efforts in making that possible. And, of course, we also have the Duality Dungeon that is now live. And um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this new dungeon. If you do have the Deluxe Edition of uh, Destiny 2, uh, the latest expansion... The Witch Queen, you do get access, or you have to get some kind of a key. Yeah, yeah, you have to get the dungeon key. dungeon key in order to have access. If you don't have the deluxe edition dungeon key, is that something you have to purchase? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it costs about. It's worth basically. It's worth like two seasons. Oh, okay. Which is a thousand silver piece. Oh, huh, okay. Interesting. That's a pretty interesting uh like 
model for them to implement. Uh, I, I haven't recalled them ever wow. doing that before, where you have to like spend a key in order to get access or a deluxe edition. I'm curious, do you both have any thoughts on it? I mean, for me, like, I bought the collector's edition, so for me, it doesn't really affect me directly, right? But I do feel that for some players who just buy the game, yes. they might be missing out. Um, are you both cool with the way that the monetization system is set up with it? Uh, I could definitely go like either way. I do understand why or I do understand why it is a separate payment because it's pretty intensive to make. Um, I think if they were to do, if they were to use like silver as like the currency to buy it, I think there should be more or any times where like silver is on sale so you can buy it at a discounted rate and then you can like save up your silver to buy the piece of content that you don't have like the dungeon so rather than like paying the full twenty dollars for the dungeon you can wait or buy silver when it's on sale and get the dungeon for a cheaper price yeah uh, silver is not really well. It's there, but it's not that accessible to those who aren't really able to afford gold. I think a friend of mine I was having a conversation with them. I think like last month, and said that they should offer it some or like enough silver in the battle pass to purchase a season, or whichever type of thing that they would want to purchase a silver for that matter. Yeah, but and who now, knows? I'm just a mere guard. Clarify, like, do you purchase this key and you unlock the activity forever, or is it like every time you play? Uh, I think so it's just like any other DLC. One time purchase. Okay, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, I guess whatever. If if that's what they have to do to make this sustainable, I would rather them give us content than not right so yeah i would say i don't like this model like i wish there was another path maybe if you bought like a deluxe edition upgrade i think that would be more more reasonable for for new players and i'm just talking from a perspective yeah. of like if i were a new player because for me you know it's Destiny is my game, so I'm always going to get the most complete version of the game. Right? Because it's my hobby. But I, I do think that for the benefit of the game and exposing new players to it, I think that there there should be easier paths to get access to the content. But it is a pretty fun dungeon. Um, have you both soloed the dungeon out of curiosity? I have not. Not yet. Uh, I might do it like 
the last half of the season when there's nothing to do for like the title. But like once I got the super rare emblem, other emblems just don't really mean much to me anymore, even if they're like they're associated with like some sort of challenge. Man, I, I feel yeah. You know what? And I'm also like, I'm in the same camp. Like I think I've gotten so many exclusive emblems that I'm just burnt out. I'm just like I have so much now that I can't wear all of it, right? So I would say for me, I have like a few emblems that mean a lot. Like going flawless, that was kind of a big deal. Um, just to be able to accomplish that. Um, so I think that, you know, that was a special one for me. Um I really enjoyed the follow the light emblem too. That was really cool. Um, because it was, it was given to me by uh, one of the community managers. So I think that was really cool. But uh, yeah, other than that, I, I don't know. Like um, I think the, uh, the black lives matter emblem really uh, has a lot of meaning. Also the pride emblem has a lot of meanings. There's like, there's, there's a few. But I'm definitely in the same camp. Like, you can't wear all of them, so... Gotta pick and choose. Yeah. Now, beyond the duality dungeon, um, were there any other things that stuck out for you both about Season of the Haunted and everything that we've been playing so far? Build crafting in general, or is just a brief summarize of what we talked about at this point. The build crafting, the storytelling, always getting to experiment with new weapons just to see what functions and what certain activity some weapons might be performing better than others. So it's something to look forward to. It's uh, an interesting cycle to look forward to. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the dungeon's okay. Uh, I think I'm a lot more interested in like build crafting and stuff. And I know we didn't really talk about this, but what about um, Iron Banner? We just had a chance to play through Iron Banner this past week. Lots of changes with Iron Banner. Rift is yes. now front and center. And I'm I'm curious, what did you both think about rift and how just the overall dynamic of the gameplay is i feel like i'm in the minority like i was one of the few people that enjoyed it from like the start and throughout the entire week like i think there are definitely some changes that could be made like some cheap tweaks to make it a little bit better but like for uh the first quote-unquote new activity since it's an activity coming back from d1 I think like it was pretty good. Like, there, of course, there's some bugs, and like you can make the argument, I guess, that there shouldn't be bugs. But like, I think at this point, if like you're getting upset about bugs in a live service game at this scale, like you're just gonna never be happy. Um, one tweak I think needs to get made is the. Uh, the count goes from like um like five 
wins to like three or four. I I'd probably want to see three because I think once someone hits three, the other team just gives up, and so it just comes down to like the once someone hits three, um, it's about like you're just kind of wasting time at that point. Like the game's kind of won already. And you're just kind of going through the motions to finish as fast as possible. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It it did feel to me like I feel like the gameplay was a bit extended match to match. And it almost felt like it was a little too competitive, right? And what were you going to say, Lou? Oh, uh, I don't I don't really mind it. A change that I would love to see happen, and there's been a vast majority of people saying it's like the spawn time. I think, in my opinion, 10 seconds is too much. I'd prefer that's how the spawn time was in D1, which was about seven seconds, if I'm not mistaken. Because if you drop it down to like five seconds, for example, that's too, it's too small of a thing. Uh, I was in a stream, I was in a chat that the other day and they had mentioned that you would that you would have to play your life basically, otherwise you're going to get punished and rift and by the time they're by your rift and they spawn you like far away from that, that's kind of your punishment in a sense for playing recklessly or not being as careful. Yeah. But I'm with Legion on the side. I like Drake. I mean, I, I think I still like Drake. Change to what Iron Banner has historically been, right? And I like the fact that Bungie is not afraid to experiment, and it shows that they're willing to try things to make the overall experience better. So I do like that. Um, I also like the um, the weapons that we got. Um, I like the fact that I was able to get a really good Reese Walker. Welcoming change from past Iron Banner seasons when it was almost impossible to get the weapon that you wanted, right? Yeah, that was (laughs) it was close impossible. I I agree. I really like that system. There is one thing that kind of concerns me about Iron Banner, and it's that there's only two Iron Banners throughout the entire season. And I understand they have a story behind it. However, I I'm wondering if it diminishes the variety in gameplay that you have that season. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, given that the, I don't say add more iron banners since the season or since this season and the last one has been pretty long, and we have a small amount of iron banners between those two seasons that I had mentioned. Uh, in terms of Variety? I'm not too sure. I think everything's fine. Uh, 
I think it's it's just one less Iron Banner than previous seasons, and there's not there's not really like any weapon. I think anybody's like dying to chase like Reese Walker, sort of, but that's a fairly old weapon at this time. Um, there's the Hero's Burden, which is the old Void SMG. But then you also have like other SMGs, like there's the Callus Mini tool that a lot of people are liking. So I don't think there's anything like you need to get like in past seasons. So I think it's fine that there's only two. Maybe next season, um, something really worth like going after comes out, and so then we're back to three. Plus, we're also like testing and tweaking rift so i think because we wanted to get added to like in the main like crucible playlists next season it's like they're playing okay i didn't i didn't so i think it's fine okay so this gives them data to you know see how players engage with the with the mode that's pretty smart yep without like um I think overdoing it. So Guardians, I'm curious. Uh, what would you both give this new season? First impressions, one out of ten so far. How would you rate the current season in Destiny? Are we rating this based off the multiple categories, or are we rating this off of just raw experience? I would say overall, just overall. fun. Right? Overall? Fun. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh, for me at least, it's, I would say it's uh, seven. That's just me being generous. It's like a six, but seven's like a close to eight. Okay. Yeah, I think like a seven or eight. Like, I, I think it's pretty solid. Um, maybe closer to like a seven because I, I don't think the, the new weapons, not like the reprised weapons, are too special. So I think like the loot is being pretty carried by um, Beloved, um, Callus Mini Tool, all the stuff that we used to have. Um, but I think like the content's pretty solid. Um, maybe leaning a little bit too hard in like the RNG of like getting the deep sight weapons. So like you're being forced to play the seasonal activity a little more than um, we probably should be, but otherwise I think it's a pretty good season. Yeah. And I, I would say I've been enjoying it so far from everything that I've been playing. I would say thus far, I'm actually overly impressed with the season between the, uh, Nightmare Containments, that was really fun, really interesting puzzle. Um, the Leviathan space that we got, um, the Duality Dungeon, and the story. 
I think that makes this season a winner for me. So I would say for me, it's probably at an 8.5 at least so far. And there's only room to do more. And I'm particularly excited for the conclusion of this season and what it's going to lead to next. Um, I know that in the roadmap, they did note that there was going to be um, some kind of a finale. So, Guardians. I think it's also pretty good from like a casual perspective. Like you don't have to. I feel like you don't have to be as like. Um, dedicated, like you don't have to log in every day. You don't have to log in every week like you you could if you want to just get like the new weekly episode type thing but otherwise like you can just play do whatever you want play as little or as um much as you want okay gotcha hang on one moment uh looks like our recording bot telling me left so i'm gonna bring him back in real quick These things happen. Sorry, Guardians. Let's do this. Uh, but yeah, we're going to dive into the Bungie weekly update in just a moment. And there's quite a few things that I would say give us a little bit of a foreshadowing into the future. So... Let's dive into what we learned this week from our Bungie community manager, Liana. Thank you very much for this update this week. And we did learn that Saint-14 will be making his return to the battlefield with Trials of Osiris. So if you're a Crucible player, you're going to be happy. You're in luck. Uh, we grinded some dungeons, we've seen some stories, we sparked a match of Rift or two, or three, or ten, and we slayed Rawl once again. And Trials will be coming back this Friday, which is tomorrow, right? By the time this episode is out, you'll be playing Trials, and we did also get some information about... Airborne effectiveness and how it works in the game. Uh, Liana did provide with some updates for the community. She noted that um, how this ability will interact with aim assist and accuracy for players, noting the following things. At 60 airborne effectiveness, all primary weapons have their airborne accuracy penalty removed. Two, primary weapons generally shoot straighter while airborne than they did before. And three, you can now fully eliminate the airborne accuracy penalty for uh, weapons that are always shooting straight. Uh, so, uh, the other things that she noted was, um, that even if you center the accuracy cone, which is directed at a target, 
your accuracy cone is wider than your target on the screen in any single projectile. Um, so interesting things there. Um, any thoughts on the airborne uh, things that we learned about this week? Uh, I think it's still like a very hot topic because like I've seen a lot of clips where like players will have the maxed airborne uh, stat and the reticle will like be right on the head and it's not giving a headshot so it feels like there's something maybe not being communicated well like maybe there's like missed uh missed wires and like what's actually going on or maybe there's like a bug um in general from like my point of view like how i've been playing crucible it feels a little bit less fun um just in general like airborne combat being worse Yeah, that's that's really interesting. See, I I don't really play Airborne, so I, I personally haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to it. Um, Lou, what about you? Uh, we're talking about Airborne effectiveness. Um... Uh, my bets, my bets, well versed in this. I'm just gonna be quite honest with y'all on that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are either not really feeling like they can fully build into it, or if they are building into it, it's uh it doesn't feel as good as it did before this season yeah i think i guess for me like i didn't really feel that there was more of an incentive for me to use it where i would specifically build my character around it like i wouldn't really look for anything like icarus or anything like that um and I don't know, like, it didn't really seem like the way that I would play the game. Right. Uh, although, it seems like it's a problem enough where they have to address it, so maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> maybe I'm not playing the right way. Maybe I should be focusing on it a little bit more. Uh, but Liana did mention several other things about Icarus. Um, she noted that Special weapons are penalized more heavily while airborne than primary weapons, and you must get to 100 airborne um, effectiveness to eliminate the airborne accuracy penalty. Uh, the shotgun spread further uh, is heavily impacted at zero AE, and this penalty is reduced with a higher AE and eliminated at 100. 
This sounds really complex. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it does. complicated, <laughs> and I, I have to give Liana credit for being able to be so elaborate and detailed in this. Lastly, she did note, um, in Season 18 and beyond, they do plan on giving players a new way to build into your airborne stat. Um, and they will be updating some exotic weapons that can um, be felt uh, using, that they feel could use a bump to their AE stats. So more to come on that. Um, what else? Oh, so we're getting a small mid-season weapon update that will be coming before Solstice. And we did get a preview of that. Some interesting notes here. Uh, and Liana mentioned four things there. One, uh, they will be including some buffs to weapons, uh, subfamilies that have been languishing for a while whatever that means uh they're going to fix certain special weapons that are not getting enough ammo per special brick uh for the default in pvp so stay tuned for changes there and i'm wondering what special weapon she is referring to do you both have any thoughts Let's see. Because I know snipers have not been getting a lot of ammo. I think you get like two bricks. So to me, that could be a potential. Uh, but we will find out soon enough. Uh, Lou, did you have any thoughts? Curious as the rest of y'all are. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to learn about this before Solstice arrives, so definitely keep up to date with that on our channel and on the podcast. Um, they will also be tuning for oppressive exotic weapons, so that is a change that will be coming. And then lastly, they will be revisiting some weapon subfamilies, legendary perks, and exotic weapon tuning, and address intrinsic anti-champion functionality to several exotic weapons. That's interesting. It almost makes me wonder if there's something wrong with the functionality of that against anti-champion. Oh, if they stated that, then that would probably mean that that would mean exactly that, that there's something wrong, or if, it, if there's nothing wrong, maybe they're looking for quote-unquote, slight adjustments. Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. The intrinsic anti-champion? Yeah. Is that what you mean? I think what they're doing is, like, so in, in Legend difficulty content and higher where you have champions, 
the best weapons are like the best exotics are either the DPS kings like Galahorn, um like other other ones like that, or ones that have intrinsic anti champion mods. So like the best anti barrier weapon is Arbalest because it'll one shot the barrier shields. Um and it's a special weapon, so you're still freed up to in your element slot use something um that has the other champion mod so like if a, if a piece of content has barrier champions and unstoppable you can use arbalist a special weapon for the barrier champions and then you can use something whatever primary for the other type of champions so it's you're not forced to run double primary which is a pretty boring and I think a lot of people just don't find it a very fun play style. That can be annoying, for sure. Yeah, no. And a lot of the exotic primaries don't really get used, um, and I can see them being a lot more popular if they had intrinsic champion mods. That's a good point. That's a good point. See, I like to use um, Outbreak. I still enjoy using my Outbreak. I love Trinity Goal. one, too. I love using Tiku's. Tiku, yeah. So many good weapons. I want to play Destiny. <laughs> Don't we all? Doing a Destiny podcast, so it's natural. But hey, after the podcast, some more to go before we wrap things up. So we shall continue uh, with the next topic: Trials of Osiris. That is an exciting topic, a hot topic for many players, because I know we have a lot of PvP players in the Destiny community. And here's what we learned about the upcoming Trials of Osiris that will be launching tomorrow. And uh, Trials is back with new armor. Um, there will be a monkey. Fair warning, some kind of monkey. a monkey will be included. So fair warning there. <laughs> uh, new weapons are on the way. We have the Forgiveness Sidearm and the Burden of Guilt Fusion Rifle. Along with a couple of other things, like a sparrow uh, called the Falcon's Chase. Uh, that looked really cool. And there is there's a yep. there's a mystery ghost shell somewhere that should be fun. So I'm curious, what do you both think about trials? Are you going to be playing trials when that launches tomorrow? Uh, probably not. I don't think there's like really anything I'm trying to get. I'm more PVE than PVP, so I'm not really that into trials. Uh, maybe. I might get into trials tomorrow when it does release. Oh man. I don't really like the look of the new armor set. Um so you I think like the chest pieces are okay, but the helmets and the gloves aren't very good. And then it's not really a new weapon that I'm looking for. I probably will play this weekend just to get like the title done with my friends or like the guild so get that done this weekend 
and then probably not play too much of it the rest of the season. That's fair. Um, I might try to play trials. I don't normally have teams where I can just go in and just do any damage. <laughs> so it depends on whether or not I can get a team. If I can get a team, I will definitely do some trials just to experience it and just to, you know, say I was there, get the rewards. And um, I'm the same boat as you both are. I am not a hardcore PvPer. Should be fun to play some trials and to see how the new experience feels like. And heads up, this week's Trials of Osiris is Elimination. So we hope you like Elimination and we hope you are ready to make the Iron Lords. Not the Iron Lords. Why did I say Iron Lords? <laughs> Yes. Yes, to make Saint 14 <laughs> Guardians we have more stuff to talk about we have updates about the containment event that we briefly talked about earlier we have some really interesting stats to share we had over 1.6 million Guardians complete at least one nightmare containment during the event Furthermore, Guardians averaged 13.8 Nightmare Containments per character. One dedicated Guardian went as far as to completing 390 Nightmare Containments over the course of the event. That is crazy. That is crazy. Whoever you are, I'll tell you what, you are invited on the podcast because you did that. That is insane. <laughs> that is so cool. That is How much time wild. do 390 nightmare containments take? I'm curious. Probably about uh, like 7 to 10 minutes each, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's a break it down from a single completion and then multiply that by... So like 60 hours? Hours? Wow. Yeah. That's... That makes me feel like I am slacking and I need to really step up my game or figure shit out. I don't know, but that's pretty cool. So congratulations to the Guardian. 12 hour days. Furthermore, in the first 24 hours, one Guardian successfully completed 78 Nightmare Containments. 78. That's that's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of loot that's you're getting within that time frame. But I feel like at that point you're probably not doing it for loot, and you're not even managing your vault unless you're using them. Uh, yeah, you're straight up stat farming at that point. Um, but dedicated yeah. there, and the end result yeah. of all of these efforts were that. The solar fragments were unlocked and a special emblem is now available and she has a code that she graciously shared uh, in the TWAB. And if you visit bungie.net slash redeem and you enter the code tango67jxyph6 and we're going to include that in the show notes and in our Twitter as well so you all can go get the emblem or you can just 
go to bungee.net and read the tab. It's in there. I promise. And yeah, get the bread. Get your emblem so that you can show off that you were there. A few more things to dive into before we wrap things up for the evening. Uh, universally fashionable. There are new legendary ornaments for uh, your class items that are available. They have an exotic synergy special effect. There's a cloak of Bacchus uh, for your hunter, Mark of the Fallen Star, and the Bond of Battle Harmony. And all of these are really, really cool digital items that are available in the Eververse store. What do you all think of the uh, new items available there? I don't know. I might have to swipe the I'm card. I, I'm super, <laughs> we're lucky winning the, the bright dust or the silver, the $10 oh, of silver really, that you're really doing. You're doing more. I'll have so to get lucky. So yeah, if you are interested in entering our giveaway, I'm going to, I'm going to try to post it in without having Nightbot ban me. That would be funny if Nightbot banned me for posting a link. <laughs> that would be great um but hopefully that does not happen um a few more things to dive into besides the really cool ornaments that you can pick up at the bungee store and enter our giveaway to have your chance at winning some free silver for the taking we also have the um pride month initiatives that are happening over at Bungie. We have Bungie's Pride 2.0 collectible pin is now live. It looks really awesome. You also get a prismatic emblem with your purchase and you get to support a really great cause. And for the first time ever, Dresdeny is going Pride edition. So uh, you can learn much more about it uh, by visiting bungee.net and in the TWAB, there's a lot of details with how you can participate in Dresdeny this year and show off your pride. So really, really great efforts there. So thank you, Bungie, for all of your support and efforts with that. And we have updates from the player support team. We got quite a few things here that we will be diving into. Lots of issues that are being addressed and resolved this week. PlayStation 4 apparently is having problems with silver sinking, ironically. Um, according to the Bungie community team, continuing to work with the Sony's team. And that kind of sounds to me like there are problems that are happening on both sides. Watch out for things like a missing license. Uh, delayed silver purchases or incorrect silver balances. The newly acquired Artifice Armor will now successfully have the mod slot available. But apparently there is there is a bug. If you have existing armor and if you have new armor, then you should be fine. So uh, we will try to keep you up to date on that. Uh, good news. Issues that were resolved with update 4.1.0.2 enhancing uh, bait and switch are no longer active while shooting enemies with all three 
equipped weapons. The Trespasser exotic weapon was unavailable to reacquire from the collections. And actually, we had this problem as a fire team earlier this week. Uh, there was a problem with the Trespasser showing up in the collections. And we did let the community managers know. So uh, thank you for addressing that. Uh, when in the tower, a character previews may not appear or or they may appear extremely zoomed in. I haven't noticed that, but uh, yeah, something to keep an eye out for. Um, Iron Banner challenges. Uh, they were having some problems. Bungie is investigating Iron Banner challenges ending earlier than intended. And they did note players will still be able to progress incomplete challenges during the next Iron Banner later in the season. So you will have a chance to finish those challenges. Keep an eye out for that. Guardian Games, if you participated, you have until July 7th to claim your Tower's Finest Triumph, uh, which comes with a really cool emblem that you can acquire from your bungee rewards so make sure to do that before july 7th and we do have movies of the week um final destiny uh <laughs> aka final fantasy really cool uh duality uh warning or brief Flashes. Okay. So there's a duality video. Artist of the week. Let's go. We have Gamma Trap being featured this week. That's really awesome. Great to see our friend Gamma Trap. And X Veronica, of course, always creating her incredible, incredible art. So congrats, Guardians. And we also have a bonus winner Spacewalk by. Olac 3D, congratulations, being featured this week. And I think that was the TWAB. Any thoughts on the updates that we got this week from the Bungie community team? I don't envy the developers having to deal with the comments about airborne effectiveness. <laughs> the uh, community is a little, seems to be a little mad about that tonight. Yeah, I think there was a lot, a lot there. And we do have a tradition on the show. We rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five. One being really bad, don't eat it. And five being, that was some good spicy tuna. I'm curious, what would you both rate this week's Bungie weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls? Uh... I think like a two, like you could, you could probably miss reading the TWAB. Um, and then I think it really didn't do any favors to the people that are against the airborne effectiveness. So I think it, I think it made that situation just a little bit worse. What about you, Lou? What would you give this week's Bungie weekly update? I would give it a Chris. Oh, right down the middle. I love it. <laughs> How about you? Okay, so I I would say for me, I would probably give this update, I would say a solid four. 
And here's why I would give it a four out of five. I think that Bungie is being really transparent about a lot of things, more so than they've ever been. So the fact that we're getting all of this information here in terms of airborne efficiency, going down to like a scientific number, breaking things down, I, I think that is something to be appreciated. And there's something to be said about them being that transparent. So I think that is one step in the right direction. I also really enjoy that we got a bit of a preview into what's going to be happening next. I do really like that level of transparency as well. Then they have several uh, really cool causes that they're supporting, like the uh, Pride Strike Team. That was really great for them to feature that. Um, I like the ornaments. I think that's enough for me to open my wallet. And I don't often say that, you know, so the fact that they created something that makes me want to buy it, you know, I think that's a positive positive thing overall and then also i like that um they featured gamma trap that's my that's my rant on the weekly update this week so i would say four out of five really solid for me this week so guardians we have come to that time we get to wrap things up for the evening thank you so so much for joining us guardians thank you for tuning in live Thank you for listening wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and every major platform. Before we wrap things up for the evening, I want to thank my guests for joining us tonight. Lou, thank you so, so much. Legionless, thank you so much for joining. Before we let you go, yeah. where can our guardians learn more about you and what you do? Legionless, do you want to kick things off? Sure. Uh, best place to find me is just Twitter which is Legionless TV. I post content pretty frequently there. Um, and I also have like a newsletter if you just want to get a quick email that's like three minutes long of uh, most important stuff that happened in Destiny. So if you want something quick or you're more of a reader, definitely Twitter is the best place to find me. Twitter.com slash Legionless TV. Very cool. Of course, you do have your YouTube channel that has some really, really good content there. Really to the point. No BS, no fluff. And Appreciate Lee, what that. about you? Where can the Guardians learn more about you? Uh, the Guardians can can find more, find out more about me on Twitter, Twitch, other uh, same name as you see in chat. Is pretty much there across all platforms except for TikTok because TikTok doesn't necessarily isn't fond of my name. I've had my account disabled at least three times because of my name, so I had to change it. So you can find me on TikTok at Trust That. Very cool. Everywhere else is Booty on the Square Capital, the same as the previous platforms that i've mentioned awesome well thank you both so so much for joining us tonight on the destiny show podcast it has been such a blast getting to know you a little bit more and learning about your journey and talking about all of the latest happenings in the world of destiny 2 
such a pleasure to get to meet you both. So thank you for joining us tonight. And Guardians, we have come to that time. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. We are just getting started. Guardians, thank you so, so much. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Music, and the list goes on. You can find us on the Twitter at The Destiny Show for all of the latest Destiny news, updates, giveaways, and much, much more. And Guardians, you can find us right here, twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show, every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, bringing you the best guests from the Destiny community, your favorite creators, your favorite Guardians, each and every week. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight for another episode of The Destiny Show podcast. We hope you have an awesome week. Good luck in Trials of Osiris, and we will see you, Starside. Good night, Guardians. <laughs>